I take it you don't like that people label you a billionaire, right? Well, I don't like people labeling because me. Because every video, it says billionaire Naveen Jane. Billionaire. It's not even, you don't I like don't that? like being labeled anything. Yeah, for right? sure. Because I am not a label. I am a person with a mission. And when you, if you want to label me something, label me a man on the mission. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of The Social Proof Podcast where we find dope people that do dope stuff and you are amazing. Again, I was just telling you, you're the most successful people, person I've ever met and talked to in person, okay? Not, not just financially, we'll get into that, but um, the way you raise your children and your children are all changing the world. Yes, I really feel that, you know, many of us as parents, we believe that we want to leave the better world for our children. And I really think it's just as important to leave the better children for the world. Because at the end of the day, having done so many things in my own life, and I look back and reflect, and I find my biggest source of happiness actually comes from watching the children do that things you wish you could have done mm. to be able to change the way people look at lives. And from the times the kids were young, we did a couple of things that are very, I would say, different from or counterintuitive, right? Everyone says they love their children. That's wonderful. And I, we thought that we are going to separate the two things. We told them our love for you is unconditional, but our approval is not. What that meant is I'm going to always love you and do everything, but I'm not going to say I'm proud of you unless you do things that make you make us proud of you. Mm. And then we simply said your success is never going to be measured by how much money you have in the bank. Your success will always be measured by how many lives you improved while you were still alive, right? Life. Your yeah, your self worth doesn't come from what you own. Your self-worth comes from what you create. So if you own a lot because you inherit it, you're still a parasite on society. So just don't be a parasite. Mm. Go out and do something. Find the problem that matters to you and go solve it. And then we'll get to it in terms of, you know, how you raise children who grew up in affluent family. Like I grew up poor. We had no food to eat. We had no place to stay. And growing up with that type of hunger, you can see, of course, you want to go out and prove and do something. But what about the children who grew up in a fluent family? And the trick is, how do you give them the same purpose in life? How do you give them the intellectual curiosity? And that is a fundamentally, every teacher, every parent doesn't understand that. It's not our job to take the kids to the water and make them drink, which is learn this. Our job is to make them thirsty. If you make them thirsty, they will find the water and they will drink it. The question really is, how do you create the thirst in a children? In mm -hmm. children? And the way you create thirst is to give them intellectual curiosity. Once you create that, rest of their lives, they can never stop learning because they always wonder, what if that was possible? What if that could be done? Right. Why does it work this way? And they challenge everything because they're curious. How, how did you? How did you? How do you create intellectual curiosity in someone else versus yourself? Like some people still aren't 
intellectually curious themselves. How'd you create any of your children? Yeah, so first of all, let's just talk about ourselves first and then come down to your children. We all have been told to live our life that is nice, smooth life. And what we really need to learn is to live is to have a heartbeat. What does the heartbeat look like? Up and down and up and down. And when it's smooth, you're dead. So if you're looking for a life that's smooth, you're living a life of a dead person. Mm. The ups and downs tells you you're alive. When you are down, all you have to do is hunker down and know the next beat is going to be up. And when you're on top of that beat, never get too arrogant, never get too cocky. You know the winter is coming and winter shall come, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of life is to enjoy everything that happens. And the only other thing I would tell you, David, is that when something happens to you, we have this tendency to label it. Is it good? Is it bad? This happened, this is bad. And just by labeling it, our mind changes, our emotions changes, right? I don't know about you. You break up with the first girl you love and you think that's the worst thing that happened to you. Life is <laughs> over. And a decade from now, you look back and say, what a nightmare that could happen. <laughs> <Right. laughs> or even, you know, you get a divorce, you think that's the worst thing. And, you know, you find someone you love and you say, oh, my God, what a pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. yeah. So my point is, when things happen, they may look at that time, they are the worst thing. Just believe the universe is your friend. And the minute you believe universe is your friend, you just say everything that's happening to me is for my benefit. Everything. Everything that happens to you is for my good. And here's what another thing you'll say. There are only two types of things in this world. The things that you control and the things you have no control over. The things you have no control over, I look and say, it is what it is and it will be what will be. That's true. And the things that are in my control, I absolutely do the best I possibly can. And then I say, it is what it is and it will be what it is. So my point is, I just don't have to stress about what's going on. I say, look, it's in my control. I did everything I could and it will be what will be. And you move on with life. Did you set out to become a billionaire? You know, first of all, I don't even know what it means to be a billionaire. To me, really, it's about... Are you living a life of a purpose? Right. But Navi, okay. So I looked up on Google, right? And obviously I'm doing research. And it said, it said you're worth like eight or nine billion dollars. Now, I don't know if that's true. But look, first of all, I just don't like talking about money. Yeah. Money to me is simply a mechanism or you could call it if you're really being an it's a score you keep. Right. <laughs> For doing things that matter to you. At the end of the day, the only reason to live is to live a life of a purpose. And I'm asking everyone who's listening to this or watching this, when you wake up in the morning, well, I don't care what time, but I do get up at 4 a.m. When you wake up in the morning, do you jump out of the bed? And the answer mm. to that is no. You should quit whatever you're doing that day and find something that means something to you, so you jump out of the bed. When you find a purpose, when you find your North Star, when you find something you truly care about, you go to sleep thinking about it, and you wake up in the morning, jumping out of the bed, wanting to do that. Naveen, when you are poor, yeah, because from this vantage point, and I and I and I'm with you 100 because once I started making money, I realized 
how unimportant it is, right? Like happiness is important. But when you don't have anything, was your mindset, how do I have some stuff? Of course. Been there, done that. I mean, I might find grew up with nothing, right? So the point is, it's not about having. It is about finding something that you are so obsessed about. Remember, your passion is for losers. Passion is for hobbies. The people <laughs> who really care about things have obsession. Obsession to solve that problem. And when you find that obsession, what happens is, you spend countless hours learning that. When you do that, you become good at it. Anytime you become good at something, you can make money from it. Making money is a byproduct of doing things that you love and improving people's lives. If you can do anything, I don't care what it is, collecting the goddamn garbage. If you improving people's lives, you can create a business out of it, right? So if you can find anything that improves million people's life or a billion people's life, you can create a hundred billion, five hundred billion dollar business. But you don't wake up in the morning and say, I want to make money. What do I do? I want to create a hundred million dollar company. What do I do? The answer is sell drugs. I don't know. The <laughs> <laughs> point is you can't focus on making money. Making money is like having an orgasm. If you focus on it, you're never going to get. You just have to enjoy the process. <laughs> He's blushing. <laughs> Navi, you know what I didn't do? I didn't even introduce you. Okay, so look, we have Mr. Navi Jane here. How do you introduce yourself? Like when I meet you? Because you just said, hey, obviously we're here for the podcast, but how would you describe yourself? I, I am Naveen and I just love life. Mm, this is clear to me right now. You, you are having a good time. And it's clear, like, it's not about money because you could just hang out and travel the world, but you wake up at four in the morning and you're still working. I work 18-hour days, seven days a week. And that's the beauty because I am not working. This is my retirement. What do you do when you're retired? You only do things that you love doing and you do it for as long as you want. But I have a simple rule. If my life at some day it starts to become where my whole day is dedicated to hitting a small ball and putting in the hole, I think I have outlived my life. Mm. So if you feel that your life is simply about playing golf, I think you should give somebody a permission to at least get you out of the misery because you have no purpose in life left. <laughs> okay, can we talk about this journey <clears throat> to here? First off, last question. I take it you don't like that people label you a billionaire, right? Well, I don't like people labeling because me. Because every video, it says billionaire Navin James. Billionaire. It's not even, don't I don't like, like being labeled anything. Yeah, for right? sure. Because I am not a label. I am a person with a mission. And when you, if you want to label me something, label me a man on the mission. Mm. Right? And that mission for me today revolves around improving people's health, improving people's life. And we're going to talk about that next. Gotcha. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to I want to get into like the journey on how we got here. Mm -hmm. Because there are some people now that are... Uh, Excuse me for a second. Sorry. <coughs> <They're, coughs> yeah, do, do you think? It's all good. Because I, I got so many questions. But, but I know there's some people that are listening today yeah. and they're in... They still just can't fathom, okay, I want to wake up mm -hmm. and do what I love. Yeah. But the bills are due. And I want to like kind of take people on a journey on how you got to this big thinking. So you grew up poor. Yep. 
Can you tell me those circumstances? A well, bit? it is. I mean, obviously, I was in India. We had, you know, my dad didn't want to take bribe, and that means there is no money coming in because people don't make money in the salary there. Yeah. Um, and we did just were raised where we didn't have food to eat, we didn't have place to stay, we moved from place to places. But to me, that became the best asset I ever had. How so? Because remember, when when you're moving from place to place, the change becomes easy. You no longer are faced by the changes. You get to reinvent yourself every time. Mm. The kids, your friends knew that I, you go to a new town, you can be anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> the point is you get to reinvent every time and the change no longer worries you. Change becomes your friend. And guess what now? I don't care what industry I am in. I don't care who I meet. I'm comfortable in my own skin, mm -hmm. right? And that's where you start to learn the best thing you can ever do is to fall in love with yourself. Yeah. And I don't mean to become self-conceited. I meant not looking for someone else's approval to do the things that you want to for do. Sure. And that's the self-love is when you're not looking for other people's approval, mm -hmm. right? And the thing that when you are poor is to surround yourself with people who you want to become. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with people who are already doing things you want to do because they encourage you to be better. Yeah. When you surround yourself with people who actually bring you down and say, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. You're a brown guy. You can't do that. You can't even speak like them. You have a thick accent, Indian accent. Why would you ever be successful in starting a company? And what I realized was every single thing about me is my asset. So when people say, well, you don't speak proper English, you have this thick accent. And my answer is, and by the way, and that is my strength. And they look at me, it's like, why? And I said, look, if I spoke like everybody else, you could be texting and listening to me and still make a sense of what I'm saying. When I'm speaking, you give me 100% of your attention <laughs> or you're not hearing a word I'm saying. Right? Right. And that is, my, that is my asset that when I am in the room, I get 100% attention from everyone because that's the only way they understand what I say. You have such a positive mindset. When you were, because most of the people that watch this will say they have a job and a dream, right? So they're still working a job and a dream. Yeah. When you were just an employee, yeah. did you still have the same mindset? Absolutely. Remember, Entrepreneurship is not about starting a company. A startup entrepreneurship is about having a mindset of solving a problem, right? So there are three types of people in this world. <laughs> Someone who complains about the problem. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
with NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. And we all, like, you know, human beings, every one of us, like a belly button, we at least have a fucking problem that we want someone <laughs> to care about. Right? Why can't someone fix the pothole? Why can't someone do this? Right? <laughs> we, can, we can all identify the problem. So we call them human beings. And then there are a group of people who can say, look, this is how you solve it. And we call them the innovators, the disruptors, the solutions, right? And scientists, they all have solutions. And there's one type of a special person in this world who says, you know what? I'm going to go out and do it. <coughs> so sorry. <laughs> yes. And that person <clears throat> who is special enough to say, I'm going to go out and do it is an entrepreneur. So entrepreneurs are basically a problem solvers. Right. That's all they do is solve a problem. You're at home. You solve a problem. You're an entrepreneur. You are inside a company. You see a problem. You solve a problem. You're an entrepreneur. Right. And that's the beauty of it is that even when I was inside the company, my job was, what are the biggest problems here that I can solve? And guess what happens when you do? You rise. Yeah. Right. When people didn't even know the problem <clears throat> existed, you actually go out and say, I think I can get that done. And people notice. So anytime that a lot of people have this idea of a job and a dream, and that is where why they actually suck at job because it's not their dream job. And the dream never happens because the jobs, the job doesn't happen anymore, right? And point is, what if you make your dream your job, right? What if you make your dream your job? That means, That's profound. Right? And that is when you start to shine. Now, to give you an idea, like we, I went through, obviously, in the beginning when I came to this country, everybody who comes from India, they say, oh, you must be a programmer. I had never seen a computer in my life. But since I was a brown guy, I was a programmer. They say, I can give you a programming job. Great, I'll do the fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized I would never be good at it, but I can be really good at sales. And the guys looked at me and said, you can't even speak a proper English right. you're going to go do sales. <laughs> Try. That did not work very well. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I think I have another idea. What's your idea now? I can be technical person to the salesperson. That means I can help him sell that stuff and let him do all the shit he right. wants to talk about, the weather and the sports. He right. can do all that. Right. I can get the job done. I got really good at it. Then I realized, I don't need that idiot. I can be the guy who can just start my own company mm. and do that. 
I can help the salesperson. Then you're like, I don't need that guy. I could just own a company, then hire the salesperson. That's my point. I'm thinking that white guy is only there to make you know make himself look good. I don't need that guy. Mm, okay, so you you start your own company. What was your first idea where you're just a full time uh, entrepreneur? Yeah. So you know, I can give you all the bullshit. About, you know, I had this brilliant idea that, uh, you know, I was going to do. But rarely in life, when you start a company, is what you end up in a company, That's right? True. You start something, you try something, and you suddenly, that doesn't work. And you say, holy cow, what about that? And then you suddenly find something that does work, right? So this is literally the story of almost every company. However, they come back and say, I had that idea when I was a child. That's all bullshit. So... My idea was to go actually do something on the internet because internet was just starting out. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about, my God, the only things, there were some search engines out there. There was nothing else. Maybe you could, I could go build something that would be really meaningful. And it occurred to me, one of the biggest problems, you guys, you're too young to remember that. There were no way to find people's phone number. You would call, like if somebody was in Chicago, you would mm -hmm. dial 312 and somebody, the people per capita phone and directory assistance, say, what city, please? You moron, if I knew the city, I would be calling you. <laughs> I don't know the city. Go find it for me. Right. Well, sir, we can help you. Clink. I'm thinking, all these directories exist out there. What if we can have somebody build a digital version of that so you can type any name, any place, and tell you their phone number? The basically white pages mm. or the yellow pages. You right. can put them on the internet. There'll be a massive market for right. that, and we could do that. Anyways, that was my first idea. And then I was running with that. And one day, I don't think I've ever shared this story. I was traveling, coming from San Francisco. And I was sitting next to this uh, pretty girl. And pretty girl sitting. You thought you're traveling, you talk to her. <laughs> so I talked to her and I said, what do you do? She said, I'm at AT&T. AT&T. What do you do at AT&T? I said, I can't tell you that. And I said, what, really? I said, I'm a stranger. You can tell me anything. <laughs> and she's, okay, I'm working on these phones that are going to dial into the internet and they're going to connect your phone to the internet. And I'm thinking, oh my God, that's really cool. But don't you think when phone number, first thing they need is a phone number. Yeah. He said, oh yeah. And I said, I got that one. Maybe we can put that thing on the phone. She said, brilliant idea. I think I'm going to talk to my boss. Really? And that's literally, and now, now her boss says, Great idea, but we got a problem. I said, what's the problem now? We are a phone company. If we give out people's phone number, they're going to say, oh my God, this AT&T has my personal information they're giving out. So we can't do that, but we can do it only on one condition. You do it under your name and put your name on the box and we put your name on the phone to know it's coming from you. And I said, twist my arm, I'll agree to it. <laughs> and then literally, it started a whole idea of building the content on a phone on the internet that never existed. Really? Yeah. You have this idea and you're not even like, you're not actually, were you, were you building it when you were talking to the young lady? No, no. And that's literally how the company got started. And then we became literally the biggest content provider for cell phones that yet to exist. <laughs> right. And that company went on to become a $40 billion company. Wow. Yeah. And my point I'm going to make is that it is people have this idea that you have to be brilliant about knowing things. The other part that you will find fascinating is then went on to the second company and the third company. We're going to go to the moon. 
I'm not aero aerospace guy. What do I know about it? But to me, it's like, sure, why not? <laughs> sure, why not? I, I mean, I never thought, yeah. I never thought that I should go to the moon for yeah. any reason yeah. at all. I tell you why. why. I was talking to a guy and he was asking me, he said, hey, I'm trying to go build this company to go to the moon. And I said, how are you going to do that? And he's explaining it to me that how they're going to do, build a massive rocket that will go to the moon. And I'm looking at him. I said, that's a stupid idea. He said, why? He said, like a software, you don't build a big rocket. You build a small one that goes to here and then you go from here to somewhere else mm. and you can make it really cheap. Mm. And his first reaction was, that will never work. And I said, why not? And he started to explain me. He said, you know, I don't know. It might just work. <laughs> and then he says, I said, tell me, why do you think it might work? And he's explaining. He said, oh my God, it's a brilliant idea. And then we said, in that case, go do it. Right? I'll help you. I will run the things. I'll get the things moving. Come and work for me and do it. You talk about the guy, he yeah. worked for you. You yeah. said, come work for me yeah. and we'll do it. Yeah. And that's how I started my the Moon Express company. And then it occurred to me that now we have this company that's going to the moon. We got the NASA contract, one of the six companies to get a $2.6 billion NASA contract. To how did you get a NASA contract? When you start to build some things, you start to show them. You know, in life is not about what you do or what you have today. And this is something everyone who's listening to it pay attention. It's the story you tell about what you could be doing, mm. what it could become. So you never talk about what you do. You talk about what you want to do or what you can be. So you always talk about the mission and a dream of what it needs to be. And then you tell them, this is where you are, and this is how you think you can go from here to there, right? So you, if you sell them here, nobody is interested. You sell them this, they don't believe it's real. So you need to show them, this is what you want to do, that big North Star. This is where you are, and here is how you can step-by-step step can get there. Wow, I think. And I'm going to give you an example of how you do that. Please. So, <clears throat> and and then I'm going to talk to you about my next initiative, because what you know, you're going to spend time. First off, can I be a part of it somehow? Sure. Okay. So, well, <laughs> I work have, for you now. So, David, you are already doing that. We all work for the humanity. You are, I work for humanity, you work for humanity. So, you and I are working together on the same mission. Right? Sounds good to me. Right? So, the mission that I set out to do is, what if we can understand what causes people to be sick? What causes people to have obesity? What causes people to have diabetes? Why do people have depression? Why do people have Alzheimer's? Why do people develop cancers? If we can somehow understand it, we can prevent it and we can reverse it. Now, I am no scientist. I am not a doctor. But to me, this is a problem that's worth solving. So I'm going to give a framework that I use for myself and then I'm going to apply it to how I did it. Gotcha. <clears throat> so the framework that I use is anytime before I start a company, I ask myself three questions. Why this? Why now? Why me? Why this? Why now? Why me? Before you start any initiative. Any initiative. Ask why this? Why now? Why, why me? me? Okay. Right. I like that. So why this is simple. You see, whatever it is that you're trying to do, you go backward and say, God forbid, I'm actually successful in actually solving the problem that I'm setting out to do, would it help a billion people live a better life? You can say 100 million people, you can say a million people. 
And the reason for that is not because you're philanthropic. That's a capitalistic thing to do. Because anytime you can do anything that improves million people's life, you can create a $100 million company. You can improve a billion people's life, you can create a $500 billion company, right? It is, if you stay focused on improving people's life, they're willing to pay for that service. I don't care what it is. They will pay you for something that improves people's lives, mm. right? You have a pain, I have an aspirin, you'll pay for it, right? Yes, all the time. All the time. So all you have to do is find the pain and give them the aspirin. <laughs> find a problem solve the problem i love it now so sit. that's in the that's in the why this why this? it's a big problem people need help this is why we're going to do it that's right got it got it and by the way as i come back i tell you it's easier to solve a big problem than to solve a smaller problem now that's a counterintuitive it is right when people say oh my god you're going to go solve this problem of going to the moon or you're going to solve the problem of these big chronic diseases, that's so much harder than something I could do now. It turns out it's easier to do. And remind me when I come back. Let's just let's just answer it right now because <clears> I'm confused. <throat> I want to agree with you. Okay. I'll tell you why it's easier. When you do something that's audacious, the best and the brightest in the world want to work with you because the brightest people want to work on the toughest problems and the people who are successful, they want to become significant. Give them something to make their legacy. So when I started this company called Viome that we're going to talk about, by the way, this is really interesting. I named the company Viome, and as you know, the Indians cannot pronounce the word we. <laughs> so I say Viome, and everybody laughs. What do you mean by that? I said, we as in Victor, I-O-M-E, Viome. And he said, well, that's not Viome, it's Biome. Well, that, so that, you, that can't, you created a name that you can't necessarily say like that yourself. Yes. And, you know, I just <laughs> love the name right. because, you know, we, we, I came from, you know, French for life. Mm -hmm. C'est la vie, life. Gotcha. V is life. And omics was science, science of life. And that's the name I love. And I said, I can't pronounce it, but somebody else can. <clears throat> I'll hire some white dude to go do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I am so inspired right now. Like you, you, you are just fearless. You're fearless, and it seems like you have an idea. Once you vet the fact that why, why, why this? Yes, and then we're gonna go to why now. Then we go to why now. And then why now is is now the right time to solve this problem? Yes. And that the, you ask yourself, what has changed in the last one to two years? But more importantly. What do you expect to happen in the next three to five years that will allow you to solve the problem in the next three to five years, not today? That means this problem couldn't be solved today or yesterday, but can be solved in three years. And you need to know what is it needs to be happening to solve that problem because it's going to take you two, three years to get there anyway. And you want to use tomorrow's technology to solve tomorrow's problem, not yesterday's technology to solve tomorrow's problem. So you're thinking to yourself in the timing. <laughs> yeah. What has changed in the last one to two years? Like, what's yeah. what's what's a problem that is um, new? That is new, or there's new solutions that are coming up that never existed before, right? Mm -hmm. so you start to say, well, phones are coming up. Maybe we could do something with that. That's my first company. Oh my God, this lady is talking about phones that connect to internet. Maybe I could do something right there. Not. Right. And even if you solve the problem, mm -hmm. when she talked about it, it would have it flopped because it had been too early. Too early. But you're saying, oh, oh my God, that's so good. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So keep now, going. and so you ask yourself, what had changed in the last one to two years? What do you expect? And this is the thing you were talking to me about was, 
what problems have to be solved to solve this big problem. So this is the big problem. What are the steps that need to happen to get to the get to solve this problem? And let me give you two examples of that. Let me go back to the space since you asked me, right? I want to live on Venus. Great. You don't say, that's not going to work. You never ask yourself how you're going to do that. You never ask, say, it is never going to work. You simply say, what has to be done for us to be live for us to live on Venus? Mm. Well, okay, we have to be able to leave the Earth gravity and to be able to get when there is no gravity and the end of the Earth orbit. Okay, so that's one problem. We have to be able to go from Earth orbit all the way to Venus. Okay, then you have to be able to land on the Venus. Okay, <clears throat> then you have to be able to live on the Venus, right? That's it. There's four problems that need to be solved. Mm -hmm. And you start to say, okay, leaving Earth orbit. Rockets, we have them. They already do that work. Problem solved. Going from here to Venus. Well, we have gone from here to Mars. Venus is far. But maybe we can improve a little bit. Maybe the current stuff would work. Or maybe we'll have to make some minor changes to it to be able to go there. But that's a pretty doable problem here. Because we, if you're going from Earth to Mars, you can probably go Earth to Venus. Okay? Mm. Landing on the Venus. Well, we landed on the Mars three different ways. Dropped the ball. We took the crane. We actually did all these different parachutes. Would any of them work? If not, can we modify those things to work on Venus? Okay, that could be done. Right? And then all we have to now worry about, how are you going to live there? And that comes the last part of my puzzle, which is why me? Why me is the most important question you ask yourself, which is what questions am I asking that are different from what everyone else in the industry is asking? Because the question you ask is the problem you solve, right? So now coming back to Venus. The question you ask is the problem you solve. Yes. If you don't have a question. If you don't ask the right question, you're solving the wrong problem, right? That's good. So for example, so we say we're going to live on Venus now. And first question people say is, how are you going to grow the food to live on the Venus? Yeah. Good question, except a wrong question. If you were to ask the question, how are it's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. 
Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Are you going to grow the food on the Venus? What's the solution to find a way to grow the food? Yes. What if you ask a slightly different question that says, like a two-year-old, why do we eat food? Why do we need food? Just by asking that question, you say, oh, that's really interesting. The only reason you need food is because you need energy and you need nutrition. You say, energy, great. Plants get energy from photosynthesis. Can we do that? Some bacteria, they grow in the radioactive nuclear waste. They get energy from radiation. Can we use those genes from the bacteria on our human body? And we now have radiation that gives us energy. Are you saying, are you saying, so where your mind goes is, May we just need we need to live in yeah. our on this earth. Yeah, we need food to live. Yes, but is there another way to live on another planet? That's right. Just by asking why we eat food, just by simply asking why we eat food, everything changes. Now you have ten different ways of solving the problem instead of just one. Right, and that is literally. And I can give you an example now. Reese, are you hearing this? I, like I, I never even heard it. First off, I mean, I never heard anybody talk like this. Okay, like, like to ask. I think I'm a pretty good question asker, but in terms of the grand scheme of things, which I believe what you're saying comes to the bigness of the idea, because you start asking all kind of questions when the idea is big enough. And the main thing is to act like a two year old novice. What does a two year old say? Anything you tell them, they say, "Why, why dad?" Why? 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 <laughs> right. And that is really the intellectual curiosity that you never want to lose. Why? Why? Right. And that is the part of being a non-expert. And this is my next part of the puzzle that you see is when you are expert at something, you're useless at that industry. Because once you become good at something, you are incrementalist. That means you'll be 10% better than anybody in the world, but you'll never be 10 times better. To be 10 times better you have to challenge the foundation of what every expert has taken it for granted. Right? So think about it. When you are an expert, the reason makes you an expert is because you know things. You have taken it for granted. This is how it is done. This is how it works. When someone comes along and say, why? And they change everything. They completely redo everything and the new thing is created and you're gone. Your whole industry is gone. Notice every single industry that is being disrupted, not a single one came from people in the, inside the industry. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me think about that, Mr. Jane. Um, you said every industry, industry that's being disrupted that's today. That's being disrupted doesn't come from people who are in the industry. Yeah. Look at the company and the, all the people who are going to the space. The, all the internet guys. There's not Boeing, Lockheed. None of these guys are building the things. Who are building them? SpaceX, Blue Origin, right? Mm. Virgin. These are the people who all came from a totally different industry and they are the ones disrupting. It used to be you take a rocket, you throw it up and it's gone, one-way ticket. Someone wakes up and saying, that thing, why can't we just bring it down and we'll reuse it again? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and they did that, right? Point is, it is someone saying, that thing is wasted. I think that we can reuse the thing and just bring it back. Right. And the people in it are saying, this is how it goes. <laughs> You've go. done enough research to find out this is how it goes. That's right. But then a Naveen Jane comes and says. But that point is you do this in every industry. Hotel industry, 
was disrupted by Airbnb. Somebody from outside, somebody says, why can't we just rent our homes? <laughs> Taxi industry, Uber came along, disrupted that. Now, you can go after every car industry. Nobody built an electric car. Elon came along and said, let's build an electric car. Right. Yeah, because Elon wasn't building regular cars before. No, he wasn't building any cars. He had no idea. <laughs> you know what he was doing? What's he was that? running classified ads in Zip2, and he ran a payment thing on PayPal. <laughs> he had no idea how to do it. But wow. that is literally what it takes to someone to go out and say, why can't we do it? Right. Wow. And anyway, coming back to it now, on our current initiative on Wyom in healthcare about preventing and reversing chronic diseases. Now let's apply the framework. Why this? Why this was very simple. I said, what if we can understand, prevent, and re reverse chronic diseases, including cancer and aging, mm -hmm. right? Would it help a billion people live a better life? Answer is 7.4 billion people. Every one of us is gonna suffer through that. And by the way, Cancer, aging, every one of us knows we're going to have it in our lifetime. Wonderful. So 7.4 billion people. Great. That's a great idea. I'm sorry, real quick. When you say reverse aging, I mean, yeah. do you believe that people, you can extend life? Well, we're going to come back. I said reverse aging. So for example, I am 63 years old now. My biological age is now down to 50. That means I am 13 years younger than my chronological age. So I'm not reversing aging. When I'm 70, my hope is my biological age comes down to 40. How are we calculating this? Huh? How, how are okay. we calculating this? So basically what you do is understand. So I'm going to come back and describe to you how we do that, right? So let me just come in a framework and then I'm going to talk about gotcha. Wyom. Right. So at Wyom, what we did was we said, look, what questions we can ask that is different from what everyone else is asking. Everyone in the industry was looking to say, I want to know about your genes, your DNA. That's what matters. Mm. And I am not a scientist, but I do remember my high school biology, bro. And I thought the DNA never changes. Mm. That's what you say. Your DNA is the same when you, from the time you're born. And I'm thinking, if you do my DNA test today and I gain 400 pounds, my DNA is the same. I get diabetes, my DNA is the same. Right. I get heart attack, my DNA is the same. And then I die. And my DNA is still the same. You can do my DNA test 10 years after I die. It's the same. You can have a DNA of a dinosaur right now, right? Yeah. If DNA can't even tell you you're dead or alive, how will it tell me it is you're healthy or sick? So by looking at DNA, you can't find out anything. Right. Good. So now, what do I do? I don't know anything better. So I go to Khan Academy. What happens to DNA? <laughs> and it says, well, it converts into a thing called RNA. RNA. <laughs> and I'm reading, it says RNA is what genes, how your genes are expressed is your RNA. Okay. Now, I am now trying to figure out what the hell is going on in my life. Right. I'm thinking, oh my God, I get it now. Every part of our body is made from the same cell. Remember the beginning, how the life works? Yes. Mom's, mom's eggs, dead sperm makes yep. a single cell called zygote, it's split, it's split, it's split. And everything here is come from the same DNA. Yes. If you take my hair, DNA of my hair, my eyes, my skin, my nail, my finger, same DNA. So why don't we have the eyes growing on my fingers and my nails growing on my head? Same DNA? Yes. So what is it happening? Some genes are overexpressed 
and some are underexpressed, they become eye. There are different genes that are expressed, they become nail. Different genes that are expressed, they become skin. Different genes become heart. They all, same alphabet, you write a different story. Mm -hmm. So DNA is like an alphabet. The story you write is your gene expression. The RNA? RNA. Okay, gotcha. So I'm thinking, holy cow, gene expression. We're going to just go measure gene expression. We're going to figure this thing out. Nobody ever told me that not a single company has ever done that. We don't worry about that stuff ever. We said, we'll figure that thing out. Would that solve the problem? The answer was not quite. Now what? It turns out, bro, that we as humans, 99% of all the genes in our body don't come from our mom and dad. No. Uh, 99%. No? They come from these microbiome that 100 trillion of them, they live inside our gut in our mouth, in our nose, ears, everywhere. These tiny, tiny organisms, 39 trillion of them are in our gut alone. Right. And they, so basically we are a walking, talking ecosystem. And they are not a parasite on us. We co-evolved together and we outsource our functions to them because otherwise we would be a very complex body. Right. So we really, what happened was these organisms have been around for three and a half billion years ago before we came along. Hmm. Remember, amoeba, bacteria, viruses, phages, these things are all over. In fact, every time we breathe, billions of them are we're breathing and billions of them we're exhaling. Wow. Every time we poop, billions of them we are throwing them out. Wow. Now, you could argue that these organisms actually created humans to carry us, to carry them around. Think about them. If they were smart, they would have said, Hold on, the argument, we could argue that these organisms yeah. created humans. Yes, to take them around because what happens is they're saying, look, we're all stuck in the savannas of Africa. We're sick and tired of living here. We want to dominate the world. All these bacteria and viruses are getting together and discussing. And they say, what if we can create a bipedal guy and hundreds of trillions of us could live inside them and guess what? They're going to go everywhere. They're going to poop everywhere. They're going to spread us everywhere and we're going to take over the world. And we can control everything they do in their body. Inside our own human cell, there's something called mitochondria, mm -hmm. energy factory. Yes, That's an ancient bacteria inside our own cell. Our gut, where the 39 trillion live, they're connected to our brain. They control what we think. They control what they what we do. Our depression, anxiety are connected to them. So anybody who's listening to it, just Google depression and microbiome, diabetes and microbiome, obesity and microbiome, Parkinson's and microbiome, cancer and microbiome, cancer therapy and microbiome, and you will find every disease and even the cure for cancer is directly connected to microbiome. So now we just have to focus on microbiome? No, not quite there. So I'm thinking, Holy cow, I'm Googling literally. And this every research shows these things are important. And I'm thinking, holy shit, what is this microbiome thing now? I can't figure this thing out. And I'm now in my mind, I'm thinking they are like small human beings, tiny, tiny human beings inside me. I get that part. That means every one of these guys, doesn't matter who they are. What matters is what they are actually doing. And every microbiome company who is doing it, trying to find out who these organisms are, and they're thinking they can find out what these organisms are, they can find out what disease you have. And I keep thinking that can't be the problem. The problem has to be what they are producing. You can have 
Same human being, put them in a good environment, good behavior, put them in a bad environment, bad behavior. So it's not about who they are. It's about what behavior they have that matters the environment they are in. Mm -hmm. And if we can measure what they are doing, we can solve this problem. And then we went on a journey to say, we're going to focus on what microbes are doing and what they do, how it is changing our human RNA. And then we can figure out how, why the diseases are happening. Goodness gracious. Right. Now, this, and I still have nothing to do. I'm simply still thinking. Yeah. Now I have no idea how to do it. <laughs> now, now I have a problem that needs solving, which is I, we need to find out what these microbes are producing. We need to find out all the genes that are expressed in the human body. Which it seems like this comes from a series of why, 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 why. why, why. And it leads you to this problem. You're like, well, why? Now, now my only thing is, how do I do this? I am. I have no idea how to do this. So now I'm going around different universities and different NASA centers trying to figure out if someone can help me. So interestingly, so I went to NASA, you know, JPL. They send a mission to the Mars. I'm thinking, these guys obviously looking for life on Mars. They must know how to do it. Yeah. I go there and they tell me, no, we can tell you there's something there. We don't really know what they're doing. That's no good for me. And I'm thinking, you guys are a bunch of morons. Maybe NASA Houston will know what to do. So I went to NASA Houston, touched a bunch of moon rocks, did everything. They still have no idea. Now I'm thinking, God, that's not going to work. So I went to now all the national labs. I'm at Lawrence Berkeley, Lawrence Livermore. And they're saying, yeah, it can be done, but we haven't done it. Now I am literally at Los Alamos National Lab. And you know what it is famous for? What's that? Los Alamos National Lab. Come on, dude. Work with me. That's microbiomes. No, no. Atomic bomb. Okay. <laughs> they built the atomic bomb. The remember Manhattan project wasn't done in Manhattan. It was in Los Alamos. Oh, wow. Right. So these guys, I'm thinking, are so, so smart. They can build a goddamn atomic bomb. They probably know how to build a biological bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go there. And I was there now, and I'm talking to a bunch of scientists. And one of the scientists told me, actually, they have a project they're working on that does the, to find out the biodefense project. Mm -hmm. That's what they tell me. Right. A biodefense project to save our country, to protect our country from bioweapon by a terrorist. And they needed to find out if something bad were to happen in our country, how would we how would we protect our citizens? So they needed to find out if something happened, what is it they are producing so they can create antidote for it. Mm -hmm. So they built this whole technology. I managed to convince them to give me an exclusive license to this and I started buying so I, someday when we have more time, I'll tell you how I got that license. <laughs> but I did get the license from them. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back. And it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th. Two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. 
Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you, rub shoulders with industry leaders and you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use Promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights, take your brand to new heights, take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer. Okay. I'll see you at the summit. And don't forget to use promo code big deal. I started buying. Now, hired the guy who was working on this technology at Los Alamos National Lab. Mm. He's the guy who's developing. Now I'm thinking that's good, but I still need to get somebody to do AI. So I called the head of IBM Watson and I said, do you want to come and join me? And he looks at me, seriously, join what? <laughs> and I say, we're going to solve this problem. We're going to get rid of the chronic diseases from the planet. And he's like, really? And I said, I have the topmost RNA guy in my team. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, okay, but you know, I make $1.2 million salary. And I said, great, I can give you 100K salary. And he said, I'll join you. What? Yeah. He said, I want to solve this problem. I want to work on solving this problem because this is so big. That will be my grant. That will be my legacy that I leave behind. Ah, and you did nothing but sell the idea. Sell the idea. And guess what happened? Now we have the head, global head of R&D from GSK joining us to do the same thing. The reason was the idea was big enough for these guys to say, what if this crazy guy actually ends up solving it? Wouldn't that be the problem that I want to be involved in, right? Now, 
six years later, here's what we did. So we thought, how do we go get all this thing to work? So we say, what if we build a product that is so easy to use that every consumer would want to use it? And we built the first test, a biome gut intelligence, biome health intelligence. This is all we do. You give us a touch of your stool that gives us all the gut microbiome, four drops of your blood. We analyze every gene expression in your body. And this is what we do. Now that we have done that, we tell you, hey, David, this is your biological age. Mm -hmm. This is how old you are biologically. This is your immune health. How well are you protected against cold or flu or God forbid the C word? Right. <laughs> right. How good is your gut health? How good is your cellular health? How good is now we are adding saliva, by the way, on it? It's called full body intelligence. You're the first person I'm talking about. It's launching in the next four weeks. The, it's called full body intelligence. Your stool, blood, and saliva. And now we give you your oral health, your heart health, your brain health, your cognitive health. And then we just simply don't say, and good luck. And then we say, hey, David, you shouldn't eat broccoli and Brussels sprout because we notice your sulfide production in your gut is too high, causing inflammation. And these foods are very high in sulfate. You're going to be harmed. Even though you think they're healthy, they're actually harming you. Don't, <sighs> don't eat apple, even though everyone says apple is good for you because you have an apple virus in your gut. Don't eat a spinach, which everybody knows thinks is good because Popeye told them spinach is good for everyone. <laughs> but Popeye was no scientist. Right. I'm telling you spinach is harming you because your oxalic acid is not being metabolized and this is very high in oxalate. Don't take vitamin B3 because everyone tells you it's good for you. I'm telling you your, your uric acid production is too high. Vitamin B3 is going to harm you. Don't take turmeric or curcumin, even though everyone thinks it's good for you. Your bile acid production is too high. Don't take it. Wow. But here are the foods you should be eating every day. And here is why. Don't eat these foods. And here is why. Don't take these supplements. But you do need every day 22 milligram of elderberry. You do need 26 milligram of berberine. So we give you every vitamin, mineral, herbs, digestive enzyme, amino acid, probiotic, prebiotic. What you need in what quantity. And then we go a step further. We build the whole robotic compounding pharmacy. We make those capsules for you on demand. Only the things that you need and nothing else. And only in the quantity you need. And we ship them off to you. Mm. Right. And guess what happens when people do that? It turns out now we have 350,000 samples that we have analyzed. Guess what happened? We can now, people who are doing a test, they tell us, they sleep better. Mm. They're losing weight. They no longer have depression. They, are they have no anxiety anymore. Their energy is better. They have no brain fog. Their acne and eczema is gone. We weren't solving those problems. We were simply reducing the inflammation in the body because we realized that chronic inflammation causes chronic diseases. You get rid of inflammation. All these were just the symptoms of inflammation in different people and they simply go away. When you have eczema, it shows up on his skin because the flame is burning from inside. Mm. Right? Dang, it's got a little bit. Yeah. And that's basically your food. That if you feed your body right, right food, it brings back the homeostasis because it heals itself, right? 
So what we do is now we've proven and we published the paper that people who take our supplement and food, their diabetes score came down by 30%. Their depression came down by 36%. Their anxiety came down by 32%. And their IBS, stomach ache, constipation, diarrhea, all that shit went down by 40%. Mm, right. Because you had 350,000 people. That's right. And so now, so imagine that. So if you are listening to it, think about it. If you don't want to be sick, you do a test, you find out what's going on, what foods are good for you, what foods are bad for you, what supplements you should be taking, what you don't take. Right. Now, when you are sick, you only have one wish to be healthy. Correct. When you are healthy, you have many wishes. <laughs> right. right. And the sure. point is, the richest person, like Steve Jobs, when he had pancreatic cancer, all he said was, I'll give up all my wealth just to be healthy. Yeah. Couldn't. I lost my own dad to pancreatic cancer. And that was a motivation for me to solve this problem. Wow. Now, here's what's happening, dude. Having done this, all this prevention thing from we learned what is causing people to have cancer. So we actually went to FDA, got the breakthrough device designation to be able to detect stage one earliest possible oral cancer, throat cancer. So people who have any history of smoking, chewing tobacco, vaping, or any type of, or you're over 50, you can now find out if you have any sign of cancer. And now we are doing the same thing for colorectal cancer, pancreatic cancer. We're doing for uh, breast cancer, prostate cancer. We're doing it for IBD. So we're going to be able to detect them. And our job is not to detect cancer, to detect precancerous stuff now. So we are working to say, you don't have a cancer yet, but it's precancerous cells already starting to form. You can get rid of them right now. You have colon polyps right now. You don't need to have colon cancer. Your polyps get them removed right now so you don't become cancerous, right? And here's a guy who had no idea of his science. We are now developing two vaccines in partnership with GSK, one for autoimmune disease, one for colorectal cancer. A guy who had no idea about health sciences is disrupting this industry, developing vaccine, diagnosing cancer, preventing these diseases from happening so you can live healthy because I dreamed that it could be done. I, I found I think, uh, and it comes back to, I can see that it's not something that you're passionate about. You have an obsession. Yes. To solve this problem. To solve this problem. And money, all that kind of stuff. It's a byproduct. That's right. So, I, like, my goal is to have, like, a top-rated podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm not 100% sure. I, I need a bigger dream. But tell you, first of all, you have to ask yourself, it's not about having a top-rated uh, podcast. That is actually the wrong way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. You have to find out, why do you have a podcast? What is it you want to spread the message? Why are you trying to spread that message? To get people to live better. Yeah. Podcast is a mechanism to get there. It may not be the podcast. Maybe tomorrow it may be the podcast. <laughs> right? You don't know what comes next because it's a way of thinking. When you say I'm in a trucking business and tomorrow people start to have hyperloop, your business is gone. So if people don't listen to podcasts, are you done? Mm -mm. Not you're not done. What you have to say is, I am. I want to be the person who brings the best minds in the world to the audiences, so they can benefit from the knowledge. So I can get to do one on one, so the billions of people can benefit from the knowledge and the conversation we just had. Mm. That is my mission. 
not the podcast. Today it is a podcast. Tomorrow it may be a different media. Today we have this conversation. Can we do differently? These are all means to an end. You have to remember why you're doing it and stay true to that mission. Gotcha. So how did how did you impart this like this bigness of thought hmm? in your children? Yes. So first of all, uh, yeah, and I know you have, gotta. Uh, we, you I have, have and we need to be ten minutes. We'll wrap up. We need to wrap up in about seven minutes, so seven I can minutes. go walk up and do my next one. Got it. Go, go, go. Gotcha, gotcha. Got yeah. Uh, um. So I think to be to get to let me just talk about our three children here, right? So we have three children. Our oldest is now running third unicorn. He built a company called Built B I L T. The problem he tried to solve were two problems. Number one was he said all the kids who graduate from college, they get a job, they can pay for the rent, but they don't have money to pay their deposit, first month, last month deposit. So what he came up with the first idea was, can I just do a $5 a month insurance and insure the landlord so you can move into the apartment without a deposit instead of borrowing that money or getting from your parents. And that company started first. Then he started to realize, wait a sec, Every one of us is complaining that I'm just wasting my rent money and I'm earning nothing out of it. And he started the second thing, which was a built card, B-I-L-T. And everyone who has the thing, you got a free card, no cost to your credit card. You can put your rent on a credit card, earn the points, landlord gets the full money, no 2% credit card fee, no fee at all. The points you earn, you can use them for airlines or you can use them to pay the next month rent. Hmm. Right? And that card that he started six months ago, partnered with MasterCard, Wells Fargo, is now become the largest card with every apartment now is pushing that card on every renter because they get to build the card on first. You as a renter have 21 day float now. You don't have to pay on seventh. You can pay when your credit card bill is due. This is a big problem. Big problem. So he solved that. Our daughter, whether he went to what? Our daughter went to Stanford. How Stan old are these kids, by the way? 32. Yep. My daughter is 28, yep. went to Stanford. Stanford Stamp Fellow, Stanford Mayfield Fellow. First company she did was she focused on women, removing gender bias in hiring. And she said, People, women don't get hired. I'm going to solve that problem using AI. Second company she started called Abby, E-V-V-Y. E, V as in Victor, V as in Victor, Y as in Yellow. She's focusing on women's health. Every single person who's listening to it, if you're a woman, get a test from Abby. And if not, get it from your wife, get it for your daughter. Vaginal microbiome, solving all women's health problems. Mm. Not a scientist, not a doctor. Because she sees the dad, if dad can do it, I can do it better. Right? That's how it is. Yeah, it's like you can't come from this household and say, you know, I'm starting to teach her mind. Like, it's like, it don't, it don't fit. Yeah, my youngest one went to Stanford, Schwartzman Scholar, and he's doing a company to actually solve the mortgage problem. Every time you take a mortgage, it mortgage gets sold to someone, it gets sold to someone, and they keep sending you new checks to send it to. And they automated the whole thing and said, we take care of the thing, you call us, and we'll take care of where the mortgage needs to go. Hey, y'all, I ain't gonna lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie lock. Think about being on the couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school, and they need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second 
fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there. You don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door that way. No battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Ufi is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, eufy.com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, it's, it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy. E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y, video lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door. Incredible. Okay? So search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock. And he built that, solved that problem. And they all came up with this themselves. They all came up with themselves and all built their own company and all raised their own money. All right. Now, let me, I got, I got to ask one question before we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you, do you got to take that? All right. What do you, and I ask every guest this, yeah. where do you see yourself accomplishing in the next five years? Because I want to watch this video and say, yo, Naveen said he was going to do that five years ago. So I think in the next 10 years or so, I'm hoping that, our business that does the diagnostic and therapeutics and cure completely disappears. It is completely shut down because we are able to prevent from humanity having any disease. So our prevention business is actually doing its job when no one is ever getting sick. So no one needs to be diagnosed for any disease and no one needs to be cured for any disease. I knew you was going to give me a good answer. I knew it. Your goal for your company now in five years did not exist because you solved the problem. Last question. Last question, I promise. What do you think about grade school? Because I'm thinking about taking my kids out of school. Yeah, yeah. so I think, you know, school parents have this idea that education happens in school. Is school a part of the education? Education starts at home. Education ends at home. So you need to make your children learn about things that are different from just learning skills. The idea of schooling used to be that you learn some skills. That, that that is gone now because by the time you graduate, the skill you learned is obsolete. Yeah. So you have to learn to learn. You have to learn to solve problems. You have to be learning to work in a team. All of those things are actually counter to how we teach our children. Mm -hmm. We teach our children, here is a problem. Here are the four answers. If you think two of them are right, you're wrong. Only one answer to every problem. And when we grow up, we realize there are many ways of solving the same problem. Yeah. I am in school. I ask my friend, hey, What's the right way of solving this? They think you're cheating. 
I do the same thing now. The people say, you're a great team player. <laughs> right? For sure. Point. Point is, we're teaching the children all the wrong things. What we need to teach them is about learning and constant curiosity. And every parent, I'm going to just give one thing and then I'm going to uh, finish this. We have this idea that we want our children to suffer the same things we did. Every parent says, oh my God, I grew up things and I did the chores. I did all this and I want my children to learn the value of hard work. So I'm going to go make them work at the gas station. That is the, you know, that is the one of the worst thing you do for your children. It's called revenge, mm. which is I suffered and I'm going to make you suffer. Mm. That bad idea. And the reason for that is when you make something about money, I'm not going to give you money unless you do this. Children realize the money is the only thing that matters to them because that's how the freedom comes. You tell them money is not the objective here. I want you to learn things to be a better citizen of society. So I told them that, look, I grew up poor. I was at the floor. I worked hard, got to the table. If I make you suffer and bring you down to the table, maybe you're smarter than me. Maybe you'll be higher. What if I gave you the platform to rise from the table so you can go to the moon? So instead of having them work for the gas station, our rule was very simple. You need to go learn something. So if you're going to spend the summer, I want you to find one subject that you care about and learn. You want to learn about neuroscience? Go learn about neuroscience. You want to learn about genetics? Go learn about genetics. Or go work at the gas station. You have two choices. <laughs> I love it. Listen, Naveen, thank you so much, man. Thanks a lot, brother. Oh, honor. Listen, man, do yourself a favor. I don't know. How can people get in touch? Any... Sure. By the way, I'm on every social media. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram. You can actually email it to me. I'm the easiest person to email. First name, last name at gmail.com. You can find me on naveengen.com or you can actually just go to ym.com and find me there. There it is. Make sure you follow me. And I want to interview your kids and all your friends too. So make sure we'll see, we'll see Naveen's whole family on this podcast. I need to talk to these kids. They sound brilliant. But do yourself a favor. Go get you some social proof, meaning go build something, document how you did it, but then come back to your community and teach somebody else how you do it. That's the only way our community grows. We are out of here. Peace. Come join the most amazing live mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs every morning. Let's go. The, the, the Morning Meetup. Do you have a business idea you need to get off the ground? Do you currently work a nine to five and are looking for supplemental income? Come and network with like-minded individuals and take your business to the next level. Every morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with David Shand and friends. Try The Morning Meetup today for just $1. Head over to themorningmeetup.com. That's themorningmeetup.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.